We won, yeah. They suck, yeah. We here, yeah. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? You feel me? We back in the building. Y'all thought we was gone. What's that sound? <laughs> Oh, that's a siren. It's an alarm, if you will, because it's another episode of Source Say. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Chris Ryan. Hi, Chris. Hi, Juliette. We've what, three weeks into the NBA? Yes, I believe three this weeks. is the fourth week we We're, are in the middle of. So we made it through three weeks without Gordon Hayward. <laughs> but plenty of Gordon Hayward injury updates. It's being documented religiously, shall More, I say. It's Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. More coming to you on Countdown tonight, apparently. A Another si- a Gordon sit-down. Hayward update? A sit-down, yes, with Paul well, Pierce. He's him. always sitting down. It's fine. He's gonna be fine. He's shooting in a chair. We're all we're all good with that joke. I would demand we leave it in. Okay, but let's move on to the seat of drama for the last four years, really, since we've known each other. Since uh, since we've known each other, yeah, the defining team of our adult relationship. The second era of LeBron James in Cleveland. Cavs, Cavs, Cavs. Who gets fired first, in your opinion, Tyron Lue or Jason Kidd? Fire like a oh, Tyre Jason. Yeah. Kid, but I think they're going to give Kid a little bit more of a leash because of the Bledsoe trade. Okay. Is Tyron Lue in trouble? Can we just take a step back? Are we freaking out too much about teams right now? There's a lot of parody. Everybody's six and four, five and five. Or four and five if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sure. But like, are we are we getting a little bit too jumpy? Like, do you think that like talking about Jason Kidd or Ty Lue's job security is premature? Maybe with Ty Lue, he's a championship winner. Mm-hmm. I don't think so with Jason Kidd. It's go time with Giannis. Let's capitalize on this before he leaves for another team. Yeah. I know he said that when we wrote about this on The Ringer last week. I know he said that he doesn't want to be in a flashy city like New York or LA, but like, okay. I don't think they have to worry about Giannis leaving. I think they have to worry about just that team being good. Sure. Let's go back to Cleveland. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. So this is what LeBron has done in the last couple of days. Yeah. Last Friday, the Wizards, more on them to come, claimed that the Cavs went for the number two seeds. They wouldn't have to duck them. Wouldn't have to play the Wizards in the second round. LeBron heard that from Bradley Beal and was like, okay, sure. I'll score 57 points tonight and embarrass you. And he had the defining performance of the young NBA season. One of the biggest fuck you performances in quite some time. And we were like, oh, right. The Cavs are fine because whenever LeBron wants, he can just do something like that. Mm -hmm. And then they had some more bad losses. And LeBron did an Instagram post of the fist from Arthur. Well, we should contextualize it with two things happened. Kyrie went off. Yes. And Boston looked incredible. They're, they're still nine and two among the best teams in the league. After they're won seven in a row. Nine. Like, now they've won nine, nine in a row. Nine yeah. In a row. So Kyrie went off. They had a great game. Boston's the toast of the league. And this posting of the meme, which I, I had to watch Bob Lee ask what the meme meant to <laughs> Dave McMenamin. Um, what, what was McMenamin's response? He explained it, but it was just like watching people be like, it is the meme of the popular children's show, Arthur the Aardvark. And it was just like, it's just tough for rat, man. Like, Seriously. It's like, Bob Lee should be like doing Pentagon Papers stuff, you know? Or Paradise Papers. And he's like, what is Arthur the Aardvark? Yeah, it's tough. No shots at Bob Lee, though. He's the guy. So that happened. And then also the next day, fellow clutch client Eric Bledsoe got traded from Phoenix to, I guess, division rival Milwaukee Bucks. Sure. And I think that there had been some talk about, like, could the Cavs yeah. be in play for the Bledsoe? Skeets had a theory yeah. on Twitter that LeBron knew the night before about mm-hmm. the trade and therefore, and that was really about that. He was, like, mad that his team wasn't making the moves he wanted. Right. And rightfully so. Their, their roster is looking a little thin. 
Or a little old, yeah. Or old. A little frail. Sure, frail stars. So we've got D. Rose with a minutes restriction. Kevin Love experiencing uh, stomach pains and shortness of breath while getting yelled at by Ty Lue. J.R. Smith in a really cold shooting slump, the coldest it's ever been, 25%. Yes. Um, Dwayne Wade demoted to the bench and then complaining about the starters. The one thing I would say about the Ty Lue stuff is that there is a lot of competing narratives about whose idea is what. Mm. You know, it's like they work for a blog or something. And they're like, that was actually my idea. It was my idea to do this. And it's like, Ty was like, oh yeah, I've decided to move D-Wade to the bench. And D-Wade's like, I volunteered. Right. The thing is, is that you can tell by Juliet's energy level that like we've been here before. We really have. It doesn't usually come this early. I was thinking about this. We're still in the first month of the season. We're, we're, what was the first, the Blatt year? The Blatt year was 14-15. And what, well, I mean, what was their record for? Like, weren't they like nine and eight? Yeah, they, like they were like 500. Yes. Yeah. I, I think Royce Young tweeted about that in comparing the current Thunder to the uh, oh, yeah. that Cavs team. And the first seed team, right? In the first seed team, yeah. yes. The thing is, though, with this team, they should be better. Mm-hmm. Like, on paper, LeBron was like, this is the deepest we've been any season, which, which like could have been true if this was their roster in 2014. It could have been true if they had Isaiah Thomas. Yes. It could have been true Although, if they had Tristan Thompson. It would have been true if... They uh, were getting consistent performances from J.R. Smith, and they don't have him on Shumpert. I just don't think the Isaiah Thomas experiment is going to go well. If Isaiah Thomas jumping into LeBron's comments to be like, need me to take care of something right. is a so, sign of things to come, I'm just a little bit worried about like what page uh, Isaiah Thomas is on versus what page LeBron's on. So do you think that Isaiah is trying to curry favor with him? I think he's like trying to curry favor with him, but also just like out of the loop. Like, is that funny? Like, have we ever seen any of LeBron's other teammates? jump into his comments. No, because usually LeBron is subtweeting them anyway. So they're probably just like, I'm not participating in this narrative. And like, like we were just joking, but like very conspicuously, Gordon Hayward is like part of the Celtics and the Celtics are like, this is our guy. The Cavs aren't like waiting with bated breath for Isaiah Thomas to get back. He's been shooting though. He's been working out. Guys are like, he looks great. Like, I mean, I think that there's like, he's not going to be back until like 2018, but still. Right. I just don't think that that will So here's one thing I noticed uh, right now. This would be my, this would be my ultimate outcome. I don't know if I can take an entire NBA season of the Cavs being mediocre, Uh but clearly they beat the Bucks. They beat the Wizards. On any given night, they're capable of beating anyone. I, I would love it if the Cavs were like, you know what? We're going for the eighth seed to play Boston in the first round. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That would be incredible. I mean, you don't want to like leave it too tight. Right now, they're tied for eighth in the East. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. And I could see the Cavs winning. Yes, me too. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. 100%. Also, LeBron is just really into like his personal brand right now. Like He was shouting out Larry Markkinen. And he was like, yeah, he wore my yeah. sneakers at... And talking about scouting him in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. And then Barry was like, yes, he wore my shoes. And then J.R. Smith, his only good shooting night was last night, Tuesday evening. And LeBron's like, yeah, he finally put on LeBron's and he started shooting better. And I just feel like going for the eight seed would almost like help LeBron's personal brands. Like, yeah, this, he really can do it all. He can make the finals from the eight. Like that would be, that would actually in some ways like be good for his So I'm surprised given like what's been happening that we haven't talked more about LeBron leaving next year or whether or not LeBron's uncertain future has affected this roster. I just think it's like a bunch of guys who are a little too old and have a little bit of an ego and probably are like, it was a short camp. I'm not in shape. I'm not playing my best. I'll get it together. The big thing is like, you're always trying to pick with the Cavs is like, who is LeBron talking about or who is the object of, of their ire? 
And it's probably Kevin Love. Probably. Because like I felt like Kevin Love had a great game last night and everybody was like, he needs to do that every night. It wasn't right. like, wow, Kev, it's just so great to play with him. It was like, yeah, you're supposed to be doing that. Yeah. That's like, what we pay you for. It's like you had one job. But yeah. here's here's the thing. They have moved him around the most. Kev? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not it's not really fair. It's like Gonzo and I talked about this too. Like put him in a position, pick what position he should be playing. Right. And have him do that every night. It's not really his fault if it's changing all the time. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks in the kitchen. That that is true. The only like positive of all of this is, or there's many positives. I take that back. I I enjoy a Cavs drama. I enjoyed Damian Lillard liking this Instagram for no reason whatsoever. Like just getting involved, making sure people see his name. I did enjoy the did Draymond respond to LeBron on Instagram, and then Draymond being like, "Today you guys shot and missed." Like <laughs> I love that he like set everybody up for failure there. Totally. One thing you just said that we haven't talked a lot about LeBron leaving is I just feel like we're still litigating the summer, like basically with every team. Yeah, you were talking about this earlier. I actually, I like this take. And so it, it feels a lot like we can't move forward. Like I almost feel like NBA discourse is very similar to political discourse. It's like, where were you when Jimmy Butler got treated? Where were you when Dwayne Wade got his buyout? Where were you when Donald Trump won? Like, where were you on the night, on the day of the Women's March? Like right. there's so much like behind us that we're still, it's like just so different than it was in years past. It's like impossible to even think about the next offseason because it's, it's a season unto itself. Sure. I mean, I guess if to take your your analogy then a step further, would you say that Markel Fultz's quote-unquote shoulder injury is the Donna Brazil book? Interesting. I need to parse that a little bit more. <laughs> Basically, it's like it actually doesn't matter. Like we're reading too much into it. It's impact on voters. I don't know, Chris. The fault thing is the whole bucket of shoulder fluid, if you will. <laughs> but are we pouring the shoulder fluid out or pouring or, it in? I don't know. Markel's going to be fine, man. It doesn't really matter because Ben Simmons is really good. And so is Joel Embiid. Yeah. Ben that Simmons is like going to be an MVP candidate. I think soon. Ben Simmons is the ringer's rookie of the year. Like unanimously beloved to the ringer. Yes. Very extremely rare for a player to be loved like that. It could be Porzingis, except we have so much internal strife with the people who ride the hardest for him Yeah, that it's going to hurt Porzingis for us. But I, I also just know that there will be a Porzingis scandal. I'm positive about it. There's no chance Because of his DM, DMs? Because of his DMs. He's young. He's in New York. I'm just 100% sure. Brothers in the mix. Brothers in the mix. Anytime you have a very strong old family member in the mix. Yeah. I mean, like, look at the Ball family. We already got a brother scandal for yeah. Alonzo. Now he's not playing well. Also about, like, Okafor's dad. Kind of not like in a bad, bad way, but just like he's just like around. Like yeah. if you had if your son was in the NBA, do you think you would be a fixture? I like if I you game, had a son and then you, you yeah, know, like, he was in the NBA. I think I would go I would want to be like a Sonia Curry type, like really prominently in the stands cheering, but like not interfering with basketball. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. She's my NBA mom role model. Okay. <laughs> One thing about Draymond, which also is interesting, he'll throw himself into any fray these days. Like, literally, he commented on Bob McNair freely and openly for, like, yeah. like a good seven minutes when that um, when Bob McNair had, like, his horrible inmates comments. He, at the end of a game the other night, he um, kept Curry and Durant on the court to, like, have, like, a huddle with them at the after a victory. And, like you said, he's also throwing himself into, like, all this other Cavs stuff, too. Well, not intentionally. No. We got involved, and then when it was like misconstrued, it's like I think that I, but, we we overrate the need to comment. You know, like it's one thing; it's about Taylor Swift and the election or something like that. But Draymond doesn't need to comment on whether or not his Instagram post was about like LeBron or not. And I, looking at Draymond's Instagram, I would venture to say like probably eighty percent of it is not done by him because it's a lot of like him walking off a plane and saying back from back to the bay. Yeah, it's an you know, it's like nobody would actually insta that. Right. Counterpoint, we have this LeBron scandal right now mm -hmm. where he slid into the DMs of a model named Heidi. Is there any allegedly we have to throw in that? No, I don't think so. Okay, page six never lies. Page six never lies. Also, she's got the screenshots. 
Okay. So, I mean, I, I think we're fine. I guess we could say allegedly to like cover our bases. But well, it's not our bases. I mean, Le- like LeBron's bases. I mean, we're, we're in an age of leaks right now, you know? Okay. Snowden over there. <laughs> I believe that LeBron does all of his own social media posting. Okay. So I think it kind of depends on what kind of star you are. From an Apple or a Samsung. Oof, thanks for bringing this up. He was on the finale of Carpool Karaoke on Apple Music with James Corden. It begins right across the street from our office. You can see Sunset Gallery yes. Studio. And he's texting. They joke about texting Jay-Z. And you can hear the iMessage sound. You don't see his phone. They conspicuously don't show it. Yeah. But you hear the iMessage sound. And I was like, huh, does that mean LeBron has an iPhone? But then I was thinking, maybe they put the sound in because he does have a Samsung, but they didn't want to show it because it's Apple. But they wanted like a, a cue that he had like sent the message. So gotcha. Maybe it was added. So that was like accidentally generic, like the NBA group check podcast music yeah, kind of I, thing. I think so. Yeah. I bet he does have a Samsung. The only way to truly know would be to see what the font looked like in his story. Like when he does like Instagram stuff. Oh, yeah. Because it's slightly different on Android. I got to check that out. Okay. Didn't we'll even we'll hit that to me. two weeks from now. <laughs> but yeah. So Le- LeBron sliding into DMs, not surprising at all. Okay. Only surprising thing is being called out for it. What did he actually say to her? Um, is he just like great, great photo? He was like asked her something about hunting. Oh, she had been hunting or something. He's just curious about the wild. I think he saw it outdoor, in his story. The outdoors. He and George Hill, two big proponents of hunting. Check out George Hill's Instagram; it'll blow your mind. Hard pass. <laughs> um, let's move on to another team in the Midwest. Yeah, the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, they literally have infighting. So um, on the eve of the season, we were doing NBA preview Palooza. In fact, uh, Bobby Portis clocked. Nikola Miritich broke his jaw. Miritich has been out still. Speaking of like blow by blows and like how do we not get the like full story on this yet? I don't know. Is it so dark that they can't talk about it? I think there must be stuff that they, that people don't want to be out right. there. Because all of, like Justin Holiday has a quote in the Chicago sometimes sometimes like we're the only ones who know what happened in the locker room. And right. um it just and, so, and the Bulls have been a notoriously chatty organization in terms of like tell-alls about yes. divisions within the team. So for what, whatever happened, and the fact that they're like, so now the thrust of this Sun-Times piece is like, Miritich is gone. Yeah, that all of the players uh, just are on Portis' side and they right. want Miritich gone. Right. Even though he's the one who had his jaw broken. Yes. Portis got an eight-game suspension for it. Um, and just, it's really weird. It is strange that no one has leaked what happened. Yeah. It, it speaks to, I think, also just like the level of dysfunction at the Bulls, which was echoed in the... Uh, Q&A with Jimmy Butler Your today. Your third favorite Q&A you read. My third favorite Q&A of the day. Third of three. Um, <laughs> on the ESPN. You say the first you are. The first was the Hollywood Reporter interview with Shonda Rhimes and Betsy Beers. A true delight. She's my professional role model. I love Shonda? Sh- I love Shonda. Yeah, the way she conducts herself is amazing. Number two was the Vulture Q&A with Lucas Hedges, one of the young stars <laughs> of the best movie of the year, Lady Bird, and then Jimmy Butler. Yeah. <laughs> Does Jimmy Butler only agree to that if it's a Q&A? That's a great question. We're coming off a huge spate of NBA long reads that are not Q&As. And I was like, interesting. Do so you think like, Jimmy Butler had long read fatigue? No, but I thought maybe um, there's like a wariness about how you're portrayed when it's not like verbatim. Especially if, I mean, he does talk about what he said to the Bulls. Yes. Which was basically me or Hoiberg. Yes. And they made their choice. There's a lot um, of that, this or that, that yeah. in Chicago, apparently. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, there's a lot of teams where I think, I find Cleveland pretty opaque. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a lot going on in Cleveland that we don't understand. You know, like yeah. whether or not LeBron had, how much of a say did LeBron have over the way this roster was constructed? How, if any indications, has he given Dan Gilbert, Kobe Altman, Tyloo, Dwayne Wade, whoever, about whether he's staying past this year? What is the plan for them? Like, does he want to oversee a rebuild with this Brooklyn pick? Does he want guys shipped in, shipped out? Or is he like, I'm like, this is my personal journey that I'm doing. 
So it's like there are some teams like Cleveland that you're like, oh, I don't really, it's hard for really to say what's happening there. And even guys like Windhorse will be like, well, this, that, or the other thing, but it's not like flat out LeBron is the shadow GM of right. this team. With Chicago, it seems like almost everything you read is true. Totally. And it's kind of wild that the Bulls chose Hoiberg over Butler. Yeah. It's a stars league, and by most accounts, Jimmy Butler is a star. Yes. So where does that, I mean, in Chicago, she's in really bad and shape And Minnesota, now. the the ugliest, best team in the league, in the sense that like they're just t- a tough watch, but have won, what, five, six in a row? Yeah, they've won six in a row now. And they are playing the Warriors tonight, Wednesday, with no Kevin Durant. They are boring, like straight up. just Five in a row, and they have a negative point differential. Right. Not to get too stats heavy. That's here. not what this pod's for. Right. No, no stats necessary. But that's like an indication of just like, that's it's like a tough hang. Totally. Also, like, Opposite of LeBron, Towns like did like a whole Instagram story about getting his own girlfriend to like respond to him, and I think people read that wrong. Is like, oh my god, Towns is like going after this girl. It's like, no, that's his girlfriend. Like, okay, that's and then, like, right. it's, like kind of sweet. And then Wiggins, I can't tell you anything about him. I remember following him when he was a high school senior, and I was like, I don't want to look at this kid's prom pictures. And I've n- never been interested in going back to his to the Wiggins IG. Yeah, like it's just like they're just not really a fun squad. Jeff Teague. Like, they're good. That's good, I guess. It's nice for Towns. I, I want the best for him. So you're not intrigued by them? What, what Personality-wise, no. Yeah. I mean, What team are you probably wise, yes. most intrigued by personality-wise right now? Um. Wow. You can say Boston if you want. Eh, it's not really Boston. Personality-wise, I think it's the Wizards. Up and down season for them. Up and down season. Let's just, let me read you some quotes from Kelly Oubre. Here's Kelly on what constitutes an NBA rivalry. I wouldn't say altercations, but I would say altercations. Kelly on his Halloween costume. I was like a Dalmatian slash dead rock star. We made it look good. That's all I do. Make stuff look good. Kelly on his putback dunk. I blacked out. God took over my soul at that point. Kelly on uh, the Sixers. I don't trust the process. I trust God. Shout out to JoJo. What does that even mean? Pretty iconic. Yeah. It's (laughs) not about whether you believe in God or the process. Are you offended because you're a process truster now? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, your dive into... The Sixers like fandom is wild, wild to behold. I'm really happy for you. I I can't help the fact that a passion is being reawoken in me. That's it is a really nice story. It's not even reawoken. I just also like I work with a lot of New Yorkers and Boston guys, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a little defensive. Okay. And I- also, it's not like the Sixers had a lot of nice things over the last couple of years. So like the glimmer of like enjoyment that I've gotten has been like trounced by all this Markel propaganda. I can't wait for Christmas Day. Sixers at Knicks. Yeah. It's actually going to be, I was like, why are the Sixers and the Knicks playing on Christmas? And now it's the best. <laughs> now it's it's like, JoJo versus KP. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm like really excited Let's about it. Let's get back it. to the Wizards, though. I'm sorry. It's I didn't okay. mean to derail us with my my maniacal know, local fandom. You're such a process truster. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> um, the Wizards are fun because they clearly have a ceiling, but they might not know it. Yeah, they don't know. And Scotty Brooks is like really nice, but not like a good enough coach. You're seeing the best and worst of Scotty this year where it's like he has taken yet another like raw talent mm-hmm. and started to develop him into like a legit NBA player in Ubre. But I don't know if they are creative enough throughout the game tactically or if their rotations are great, you know, in terms of like their sub sub patterns and stuff where they can beat teams when it's crunch time. Right. You know, you're, they're basically relying on Wall and Beal. It's a lot like the Thunder. Yes. And John Wall has kind of been like up and down. And then he, I think he might be already banged up already. The way he I'm plays. Sure they are. Yeah. yeah. He plays so aggressively. Yeah. Man. And he got, he hurt his shoulder. He had like a stinger or whatever. Yeah. And that then, was a tough fall he took. It was against yeah. the Cavs. Yeah. And he didn't play that well. They got trounced this week and he didn't play great. But I, I don't know. They're just fun. Like they're kind of like rabble rousers. And I, 
Long live the funeral game. I don't know if this this Celtics team would not do that, I don't think. Yeah. But we just need some rivalries. I don't like laughing at cocky people because they make things interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like, I'm never going to knock the Wizards for being like the Cavs ducked us because I'm like, thank God, say something. Yeah. Don't just be like, oh, we don't care who we're playing. We're just here to compete. I think personality-wise, I'm also pretty into the Knicks because I'm pretty sure there'll be a Porzingis scandal, as previously mentioned. Nilakina is just like excitement to be on the court and like watching his eyes like yeah. wide open. He looks, like we saw an interview yesterday with him and Batum and he looks like a child. Yeah, he's a kid. But yeah. like that's it's, it's like really cool to watch. Like yeah. he's developing. They just seem like they've been set free. Like Kyle Quinn makes is like has like four blocks in like several games already. You know what's cool about them too is that like because of all the super team stuff, I've lost my faith in the individual's ability to, to like basically put a team on his back. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Porzingis is doing. Yeah. And he's playing with Doug McDermott and Lance Thomas, and Kylo Quinn, and Tim Hardaway Jr. And Ennis can't play him canter. Yeah, and so and, and he is out there doing it himself. Yeah. It's, yeah. It His is. usage is so high. It's like Jason wrote about him on The Ringer today. It was predictably like paternal. Yeah. But we're so used to being like, well, well I guess Russ can't do it by himself. But it's like Kristaps is doing it by himself. For like a team that's like a game above 500. I mean, sure. they're not getting carried away, but still. Yeah, whatever. They, actually, they, they started out 0-3, and, and now they've got a... Uh, they're better than the Cavs. They're 6-3, I think, yeah. now. It's great. I also just want to note that Kelly Oubre could be getting fined for his jacket that said fuck you on it. Oh, yeah. Didn't meet the NBA standards. <laughs> what Western Conference team is like the most fun? So purely televisually, I really enjoy watching the Blazers mm. because they play close games. They don't play very good defense. I like watching Nurkic. Anything can happen. And they have like good Nurk. crowds. It's an underrated part of the NBA television experience is the crowd. Mm. I often, when I'm watching a Houston game, not shots at the Rockets per se, but when <laughs> but I, shots at the Rockets, but shots at the Rockets, which I've done over the years, but even Spurs games, like because they are a late returning from halftime crowd. Uh-huh. When I am watching an NBA game and it is a sparsely attended game, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Mm. How come the people in the town aren't here, but I'm watching? Right? Should I be reading a John Lacare book? <laughs> You're like, if I'm buying in, these people need to buy in or, too, or I'm wrong. You know what I mean? So I don't like defense. I like a team that plays close games, and I like a big crowd. So that's why I've been watching a lot of Portland recently. Portland seems to be a, a hipster team. To me, they're the Western Conference Wizards in mm-hmm. that they have a lot of self-belief, yes. a very hard ceiling, and some really good characters. Yeah, they do. Kitty T, Joe, and, and Nurkic on the same team is a pretty great I love Nurk. Yeah. He's is absolutely my favorite player. How are you feeling about Myers? He's not, he hasn't really played. He's been injured. Kind of off the Myers I've, ri- I've written him off. <laughs> he's nothing to me anymore. Okay. Uh, so that's my Western Conference Most team. fun team. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's the Lakers. Sure. I just Why have- not? Having a Kuzmania. lot of fun with Kuz. Kuz. I like that also Richard Sherman was wearing a Kuzma jersey yesterday. Yeah. Welcome to the team, Rich. Do you think he goes by Rich? I think he goes by Rick. Rick. Rick okay. Sherman. Rick Sherman. That's what everyone calls him. Um, should we just do a little OKC, our passion team? Yeah, sure. It's tough right now. They're getting grouchy, which is fine. And I think they have a lot of, like, a, there's a lot of uh, scrutiny, but... Somebody was asking Russ about his free throws. He missed those three at missed the end three of one of those games. Blazers, the Blazers yeah. game. And he just kind of like rolled his eyes. Russ is already going to be pretty antagonistic with the press no matter what. But in losing times, I think he's like a little annoyed. It's just obvious that it's just not working right now. I don't like blaming Russ. I think that he's actually the least of their problems. Like right. many people in our office are like, look at all the players who got better since they left playing with Russ. But Charks wrote about this. It was very optimistic. So far has not been true. But... Russ is like looking to distribute. Like he's looking to be a team player. He's not looking to take over the games. He does it like in the last two minutes. But first of all, we don't fault LeBron for doing that. He does that. He's been doing that for the last four years. Yeah. So I'm not going to fault Russ for it. 
And second of all, he's needed to when he's done that because like they don't have an offensive system. They have it. Their system is Russ drives, makes an acrobatic pass back out to the top of the key, and whoever's there takes the three. Yes, and that's just not an offense. No, it's really not. And I want more for them. I wanted Melo to be happy in Oklahoma. I think I think they will be happy. I think that was like a weird ejection against the Blazers for Melo, and they got back in the game with the power of Ray Felton. But I don't know. I mean, like I just I'm I'm definitely ready to 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 sound the alarm about certain teams. Sure. I'm ready to sound the alarm about the Heat. I'm pretty disappointed that my guy, yeah, I think Hassan, that Hassan Whiteside, has been got benched. benched. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're in trouble. Also, Deion Waiters was like not at a game, and they played really badly. If you're relying on Waiters that much, it's probably a problem. Have you been satisfied with the level of drama or gossip this season? No, I haven't. Is There's... it because it's like retreads of stories past? Here's a good example. I mean, this podcast will go on. I'm just asking yeah. like in general. Oh, like... totally. I think there's there's two things. One is we started doing this kind of podcast because of Paul George when he right. was dating Callie Rivers. This is a perfect metaphor for where we're at. Yeah. He started, he was he was dating Callie Rivers and um they broke up because he ended up having a child with another woman. Right. Then there's like a lot of reporting around that and like that was like a real crossroads for him. I remember a really good Candace Buckner profile of Paul George like a year after that of him trying to like kind of really rehabilitate his image and the Pacers were back in the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. So that was like the Paul George that kind of inspired the kind of gossipy nature of this podcast. Sure. I find out last week, Paul George is a second child. They all grow up. With the same woman. Yeah. Same. They're still together. And I just was like, wow, how's beautiful. They're starting a family. That's lovely. But that is not the kind of salacious story that drives my NBA gossip I think we're mind. just tired of the LeBron ones, too. Yeah. Also, there's just a lot of harmony in the league. I think that's part of the super team thing is there's less there's less room for rivalries. And one of the reasons why the East I'm finding more fun than the West is because there are more teams that could have a shot because there's just because yeah, like they're random not as good. Pacers, Magic, the Pacers Knicks, could make yeah. are in the playoff hunt at, after three weeks. The Hornets are. I'm like, oh, okay. Kemba Walker is like really like wants this this year. Yeah, like there's sort of like there's more of like a hunger among those players because there's more of an opportunity. There's like less of a foregone conclusion that Kawhi will come back and the Spurs will be fine. The Thunder will rest Kevin Durant against the Wolves and it doesn't matter. The Wolves will grind out enough wins to get the four or five. Like, even if OKC doesn't make it and you're like, okay, that opens up space for someone, we knew going into the season that 10 teams in the West would be in contention. I think if OKC ever turns on each other, it'll be really interesting. I think the problem, we spent the entire first part of this podcast talking about LeBron James, and it's just like he doesn't really commit to the bit. It's like he trolls a little bit. He puts up things. He's not stupid. He knows that putting up the Arthur meme is going to unsettle some people. And then he doesn't say like, it's because I wanted Bledsoe or it's because I'm mad that we keep losing or it's because I wish Kevin Love like didn't go gray. Right. The biggest drama in the Eastern Conference is Kyrie Irving not believing the earth is round, which Michael wrote about mm-hmm. and like his like back and forth on on that and then like seemingly questioning the, uh, moon, the landing moon landing as well. Yeah. That's distinctly less fun than like LeBron James sliding into someone's DMs. Sure. So <laughs> we support science, you yeah. know? Yeah. Absolutely. The Earth is round, without question. We're a round Earth podcast. For I, I thought you were going to say we're rounders. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're, <laughs> I don't know how to gamble or play cards, but whatever. No I big, bet by the next no pod, we'll be, we'll be back in the mix. The pre-Thanksgiving pod, we'll have something to talk about. That's true. Also, I just want to say that I think all of like the top unicorns, kind of except for Towns, are destined for scandal. So like, that's cool by me. Like, I, I'm just, I'm sure there'll be like something, some kind of beef between... Simmons and Embiid, like I don't for know, sure. I think these guys are all using Cyrodust now. Okay, I could still like find out about a fight between teammates. You know, that's true. That's true. So, so whatever, and they're not because girls aren't using Cyrodust. So, like maybe they're like talking to each other about like something that could be like construed as tampering. But 
Christoph Porzingis is not like DMing someone like, hey, can you join Cyberdesk so I can DM you in Sketchly and it disappears? Like, that's not happening. <laughs> so <laughs> until Cyberdesk really takes off, sorry to Mark Cuban, I'm confident in believing that we will be getting more Instagram models airing out NBA players. And I can't wait. Okay, until next time. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Chris Ryan. It's been the NBA show. Yeah. <laughs> 